Welcome to One More Thing. Alright, I guess it's an intro. At least it's a title. My name's Jason Searle. Welcome to One More Thing. We're going to start off the uh, first podcast ever with a couple of different topics today. Uh, We're going to get to a quick top five of basketball players in my lifetime in the spirit of the NBA playoffs and seeing what the playoffs look like this year. It's looks like it's going to be a war of attrition, but it is interesting. It's fun to watch these young players, guys like the Sixers who have been terrible for so long, actually come out of it a little bit and provide a little bit of something to watch, which is fun. Uh, You got the Pelicans who have clearly turned things around and started playing some pretty decent basketball. You got the Warriors who have been steady over the past couple of years as the dominant feature in in the NBA, and they're going to continue that, I'm sure. And, you know, you got your Houston Rockets, who are the best team of the regular season. The Beard. The Beard is the man. He's frustrating to be someone on the other team, I'm sure, or a fan of the other team because he seemingly gets every foul call you've ever seen a ref make. But Harden is the man. And, uh... Currently, he's going to be the road for the Warriors to have to beat, it looks like. And I'd be real surprised if it's anyone else. So in the spirit of our current NBA playoffs, I'm going to do a quick top five basketball players of my lifetime, which clearly um, I'm only 34 years old, even though I feel like I'm getting older super quick now that I have two kids. Um, I've seen a lot of basketball. I've seen a lot of great basketball players. I actually feel like you know, this era has been one of the best eras for basketball uh, ever, probably. And uh, for a number of reasons, the guys in this era are just unbelievably athletic. And um, I have to say that my top five, the, the, the people that are going to miss out of the top five really have a lot more to do with the fact that they were so good at the very beginning of my life that I don't remember them. Uh, So guys like Larry Bird and Magic Johnson and Isaiah Thomas, I'm sorry, you're just too old for me. Uh, I knew you were good. I watched some of your games when I was a young guy, but I don't remember you, not live. I remember your awesome uh, abilities afterwards and uh, you know, I, I loved watching those old replays on uh, SportsCenter or ESPN that would show the battles between the, you know, D- Detroit Piston and Isaiah Thomas and, you know, the bad boys of Detroit versus, you know, the up and coming Bulls. And uh, I remember the amazing plays that Larry Bird made to uh, win games at the end, you know, the steal, the in- stealing the inbound, making the extra shot. I mean, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Isaiah Thomas, all, you know, probably the best of their era. Um, They're not going to make my list because I'm not that old. So um, I'm going to go five to one, but I'm actually going to cheat and give you my first off the list, meaning the guy that would have made it if I didn't give number five to this other guy. So First guy on my list, which is off the list, is Shaquille O'Neal. Absolute 
dominant big man. I remember watching Blue Chips when I was a kid. And that movie with Nick Nolte, Penny, Penny Hardaway, uh, Shaquille O'Neal, and somebody else who probably didn't have a great career because I can't remember his name. We're all in this movie about blue chips, guys that were cheating, um, paying people to come play. Shaq was getting help on the SAT because it was culturally biased, which makes perfect sense. And uh, I remember Shaq joining the league, and the first thing I remember about Shaquille O'Neal was that he seemingly, his whole rookie year, was so upset that Christian Leitner made the dream team, and Shaq didn't. And he was the dominant feature of the early part of my basketball watching career. I mean, I have never, ever seen a guy change basketball from a, a play standpoint um, like Shaq did, probably until more recently, and we'll talk about that in a bit. So my number five is Tim Duncan, and this is, in my opinion, um, based purely off of results. He is the most boring guy on this list. Uh, he is quite honestly, probably one of the most boring basketball players you'll ever watch. But he wins everywhere he goes. Uh, he was great at Wake Forest. Um, he was enjoyable to watch in the NBA occasionally, as long as you didn't have to do it day in and day out. I'm sure those of you that were longtime Spurs fans uh, that are watching Tim Duncan probably disagree with me and think he was amazing. And that kind of basketball is fun to watch. But to me, just so boring. But Mr. Fundamental was just so good. Uh, I remember that turnaround jump shot from the about 15 feet that he would bank off the, the backboard. It was unguardable. And he was an incredible big man, did everything right, seemingly just kind of the most vanilla career ever. Um, Timmy Duncan, number five for me. I got Steph Curry at four, and I know this is probably the most controversial of my top five because he's young still, um, relatively young still. But the reason he's there is because, in my opinion, I, Steph Curry changed basketball. The, the Warriors have officially changed basketball. If you go to a high school basketball game today, you're going to see a much different game than when I was in high school. When I was in high school, everyone wanted to dunk. And don't get me wrong. I know my high school students still wish they could dunk. But when I was in high school, if somebody threw down, it was the best thing they'd ever seen. Now, I swear, guys are just practicing their three-point shot. The three-point shot is back, and it's back because of guys like Steph Curry and the Warriors. And, you know, the amount, the one thing about Steph Curry is he, he has had people around him that really make him who he is. And I, I think any of these guys really do. But, you know, a guy like Clay Thompson, who dropped 40 in a quarter, that was the most significant quarter I've ever watched in my life, for sure. Uh, I just happened to be watching right when that quarter started and couldn't stop watching Clay on fire Thompson. But um, Steph Curry, who, you know, is aptly named the human torch at times, is just one of the best pure shooters I think this game will ever see. And at the end of his career, I will be 
very impressed if anybody gets anywhere close to the records he's going to set for three-point shooting. And he has the opportunity with Durant currently, Draymond with Clay, to put up four, five, six titles possibly uh, in a short span. And the only other person that uh, did something like that is, you know, someone like a Michael Jordan, who is one of the greatest of all time, clearly. Um, number three for me is LeBron James. And as much as I'm a Warrior fan, I have to appreciate the guy that uh, LeBron is real similar to my own age. I remember, you know, him leaving high school about the same time I was leaving high school, going to college. And this guy was one of the last high school players to be able to go to the NBA right away, not have to go to the, the college ranks first. And it might we might get to a point where that might be the thing again because uh, the way that the world is changing and the way that they're seeing college sports is really not what they hoped it was. And I don't know which people were living under a rock for the last uh, 100 years, but amateur athletics is kind of a joke um, as far as it actually being amateur athletics. But uh, all that being said, LeBron James, um, for his era, did not just change the game, but, you know, culture that went with basketball. Uh, you know, his shoe line, his clothing line, uh, kids, you know, younger than me growing up in that period, LeBron James was your guy. And he still is. I mean, until somebody dethrones the king, uh, LeBron is the king. And as good as Steph is and as good as some of these other guys are today, LeBron is still head and shoulders above the rest. And, uh, my number two is Kobe Bryant, and this one is purely based off of his desire to win. Uh, you look at Kobe, and Kobe is a killer, born killer. You know, the, the whole Mamba mentality is something that I loved watching. I remember the first ever start Kobe Bryant had was the last time I went to a Warrior game. I was a high school kid. Someone gave us some tickets. Uh, I'm in the stands to watch my Warriors, and I get to see Kobe Bryant start uh, his first game. I think it was like Dell Harris or something like that was the coach back then for the Lakers. And Kobe Bryant put, put up like 30, his first start. It was unreal. And watch, I'm probably wrong. But in my mind, when I was a kid, it was at least 30. And he was... He had that mentality from the very beginning. It's almost like he had a chip on his shoulder. He wasn't picked first for his whole career. And if I remember right, he was picked in, in at least like the top 10 or 12 picks or so. But, um, you know, what an interesting guy, too. I mean, he's fluent in, what, three languages, Italian, uh, French, and English, I think. Um, at least Italian and English. And, um, you know, come from basketball background and... Uh, you know, obviously he had issues off the court and that's, you know, not part of this list at all. But he, um, from a basketball standpoint, I don't know any competitor that wanted to win more than Kobe Bryant other than maybe my number one, who is clearly Michael Jordan. Uh, MJ is who defines basketball for my generation. I, I don't know anyone in my generation that could see anyone other than Michael Jordan being the defining player of our generation. And the reason that I didn't want to do a top five basketball players ever is if I haven't seen you play and 
I, I can't judge your time period. You know, I, I look at old basketball time periods. You know, I when I was a kid, um, there was these basketball uh, tapes that I found from Pete Maravich. And Pete Maravich was a stud from LSU that came into the pros and changed the game as being this like floppy sock, floppy hair, skill moves, uh, you know, do anything player. Um, you know, I think he almost averaged something like 40 points a game at LSU, something crazy like that. And, you know, when I was a kid, that was my only knowledge of the previous generation of basketball players. You know, it's not like I could see them play unless I went and tried to find some footage on ESPN. But, you know, back in my day, there was no YouTube to look at to see if, I, you know, Pete Maravich was a stud in the pros or if he just was a college wonder or what. I, you know, I couldn't watch Wilt Chamberlain. Um, I couldn't watch Bill Russell or Bob Cousy or any of these other guys. Like, I had to rely on what I saw. And so I'm not going to judge the generation before me. I'll judge mine. Um, but for me, Michael Jordan, and it's not just that he changed basketball so that every kid wanted to throw on some Jordans and throw it down. Um, you know, we all had hoops that were adjustable so that we could all look like Air Jordan as we were flying from the free throw line to dunk on a six foot hoop because we were that guy. Um, but it, it was it was fun. Um, to watch him play. I remember I, I was a North Carolina fan my whole life because Michael Jordan went to North Carolina. And when I was uh, deciding between going to play baseball um, after high school, I wanted to play at North Carolina. And unfortunately, I didn't know anyone from there and couldn't get myself uh, scouted there. So that didn't work out. But I... Uh, I you know, was associated greatness with Michael Jordan and North Carolina and all that kind of stuff. And um, so for me, Michael Jordan, he didn't just change the game as far as playing wise. He, you know, he opened doors for athletes after him to have their own shoe lines. He's one of the first African-Americans to uh, work his way into the front office for basketball. Um, you know, his success on and off the court make him the standard bearer for my generation, for sure. All right, enough basketball. All of you that hate basketball, I'm sorry. I hope you didn't already turn off the podcast. I'm going to divert to something a little different and talk about a couple movies that we've seen recently because, in my opinion, um, me and my wife like to go out and, and have a little bit of us time now that we have two awesome kids um and our way of just chilling and relaxing is to go to um a local uh restaurant you know have a nice meal hang out and then go see a movie so um every year we do a little um you know list of all the movies that we see and we rank them and all this kind of stuff we actually stole it from one of our friends and we throw it in our christmas card at the end of the year and uh I'm going to give you some live some live chatter on a couple of these uh, movies that I saw recently, and I might do this every, every other podcast or every podcast we'll see. Um, depends on how many movies I see, I guess. Um, I think we're going to one tonight. So first one I want to do is Ready Player One. Uh, I was super excited to see this because I hadn't, I had not read the book. I remember as a kid, the movies I saw 
that I read the book, I always hated the movie. I don't remember reading a book and liking the movie. So Ready Player One, heard it was a book, was stoked to see the movie because I hadn't read it. And for me, it did everything I wanted it to do. It was futuristic. It was interesting. It kept my attention. I thought Spielberg did a good job of incorporating some pop culture that people would appreciate. Um, It was fun. I have no complaints. It, It was not the best movie I've seen of the year, but it was good. It was worth seeing, and it's something that I would recommend for sure. Um, The second movie we saw recently was A Quiet Place, which, in my opinion, to this date, is the best movie I've seen this year. It's uh, And before you go to the movie, because you're so excited, let me tell you, it is a horror movie. So if you're not into horror, you can back away. If you like horror, you absolutely need to see it. And even if you're just kind of indifferent, you're like, eh, I could see a scary movie here or there. This is why I like this one. Um, my favorite horror movie of all time is probably 28 Days Later. You're like, I've never seen that. That's okay. All 10 of us did. It was kind of a cult classic in a bit uh, when I was in college. For a bit when I was in college. And I loved it because... It was kind of that post-apocalyptic, the world is gone except for the zombies. And then it was smart and intelligent and thoughtful. And that's the kind of horror I like. So this movie of Quiet Place, it's actually uh, directed by John Krasinski, who's the, uh, uh, he plays Jim in The Office. What a stretch from Jim in The Office to go to a, Uh, director and actor in a horror movie Um, and he acts the main character with his wife uh, Emily Blunt who is excellent in the movie Um, and I actually wanted to see the movie initially because I had seen an interview with her about this being the first movie that uh, her and her husband had did together and then once I realized that John Krasinski was the guy I had to see it so here's why it's good And love to hear why it's not from those of you that saw it and didn't like it. But first, uh, it's incredibly smart. It takes the first 45 minutes for you to have much more than a whisper or uh, any sound at all. And so John Krasinski does a brilliant uh, thing with the movie in that because it's so quiet, it forces you to really watch every scene and take everything in that you're observing because it's your only sense that you're dealing with. You, you don't get the instant satisfaction of being able to listen to the movie. And this is the thing, and I think this is interesting because for me, uh, it has a lot to do with our current society as well because in our society, you can legitimately sit on your couch throw on a random Netflix of The Office and not watch it and basically have it be a podcast for you. And it's still funny. But I don't have to watch The Office to think it's funny. It's still funny. And what's brilliant about A Quiet Place is it forces you to watch. You cannot enjoy that movie without seeing it. 
Um, and so for me, uh, the first 45 minutes were incredibly useful in wrapping you into that story. And then the reason I love it is it's smart. It's It makes you think the whole time. It forces you out of a, a comfortable situation. Being a parent and knowing what that character would be going through if I had to deal with the fact that, you know, any kind of noise was going to bring danger to my family, man, that would change your life. And for me as a as a dad, I was sitting there just thinking about the amount of pressure this guy has got to deal with on a consistent basis to make sure that his family is safe. And and to me, that's smart. It's, it's really brilliant. And Emily Blunt was amazing. I mean, having or pretending to have a child while not making a sound. Uh, no, thank you. I'm going to just say that I've watched two live births. Uh, thankful that my wife had two very successful live births. And there is no way on God's green earth that that is a quiet process. And the uh, the actual um, movie does such a good job of incorporating the just the fear and the motherly instinct and what you would need to do in order to keep your family safe. And it, anyway, it's brilliant. If you have a chance to see it, please see it. You'll love it. It'll be something that you... Uh, will feel like, okay, well, it's over. I can breathe. I feel like I've experienced something. Maybe I don't need to see it again tomorrow, but at least it's smart. It's intelligent. All right. There's podcast one. I'm going to enjoy just throwing these up here. Anyone that listens, thank you for being here. I'm not going to go more than 20 to 25 minutes, 30 minutes at the max, but uh, I hope you enjoyed podcast one. I want to thank Alan Friedman for getting me some some music on the intro and the outro. Uh, he is an up and comer music up and coming music producer. I love to hear stuff from him, and I'm hoping that he has a great career. Uh, I was lucky enough to teach him a few years ago, um, and I want to thank him right away. So thank you guys for listening, and this has been one more thing. <laughs> Wow, wow, wow.